Well, thank you, folks who are uh, participating. I'm really glad that you uh, decided to take part in our online or on-site uh, worship celebration. Uh, before I go any further, hi, my name is Mark. Um, I am a fellow traveler. Sometimes that may uh, may get lost. Uh, I get to sit up here behind a microphone with a little stand in front of me, and I get to talk, and 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 it, it sometimes makes it look like I'm the expert. And uh, then you combine that with the kind of my personality and the way I talk and sometimes it comes off like <sighs> some people can get the impression that I have my act together those of you who know me know better but just in case I don't have my act together I'm working on it we've been talking about the the healing power of God's holy love. And I want you to know, in case you haven't figured it out, I need God's healing power and his holy love as desperately as anybody else. And probably far more than you realize. <laughs> yeah, definitely more than I realize, and, and I'm pretty sure I'm more aware of it than anybody else, um, except maybe Connie, my wife. She she's pretty sensitive to how much I need. Uh, but let's not go there right now. Okay, I want I want to I want to start there. That's the foundation because it, as we're talking about these things, uh, it, it it could be easy to to start thinking I'm telling you what to do and I'm not. I'm talking to us, all of us, me first, and then the rest of us, okay? Just wanted to make sure you heard that. I'm Mark. I'm on the same road as everybody else. That being said, I want to talk to you about uh, Jesus for a moment. <clears throat> Jesus asked many questions. Uh, sometimes people ask him a question and he would respond with a question. Sometimes he would start the questions. Uh, sometimes his questions were, were, uh, were provocative. Sometimes uh, they leave you going, why in the world did you ask that? Here's an example. Uh, one, one day Jesus went to a pool uh, just outside Jerusalem, the, the sheep gate to Jerusalem, um, to a pool in, in the Aramaic word for it is, is Bethesda. Uh, we have a big hospital named that in, the, uh, in our country. Uh, people gathered there. There were all kinds of disabled people there. There were blind people, paralyzed people, lame people, 
Um, and there was a person who'd been there who, for 38 years, he was an invalid, he was paralyzed, who'd been there for 38 years. And Jesus is walking through this crowd. And when Jesus saw him laying there and learned about his condition and how long he'd been there, he looked at him and he said, Do you want to get well? Just let that sink in for a moment. You know, imagine going into a, a busy emergency room waiting, you know, uh, you know uh, waiting room for emergency department at, at some hospital. It's packed to the gills. If somebody's been sitting there for four or five hours and you find out, oh yeah, you're waiting, you're waiting and you don't feel like, and, you know, and do you want to get well? This guy's been here for 38 years. Do you want to get well? And the guy says, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is uh, stirred. When I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Now, instead of saying yes or no, he starts an excuse. And Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. Now, all of us have issues. All of us have hurts. All of us have disappointments. All of us have wounds deep inside of us that we've been carrying around for a lifetime, some of us. Um, all of us are in a waiting room of some sort. All of us have some kind of brokenness. Some of us deal with that uh, with some, usually with some, with some of us with enslaving, uh, way, there are enslaving ways of coping with the pains that we've endured. We call them addictions. Alcohol, drugs, sex, gambling. I um, mean, there's... The, the list of possible addictions is, is really long. But they don't heal us, they just mask the pain and generally make things worse. And some of the rest of us deal with it by, by seeking security, comfort, meaning, or self-worth in, in things other than than the healing love of God, the, 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 what Jesus wants to do for us, in which we don't want to call them this because when we call them this, they, they, we go, no, 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 I don't do, I don't do that. That's we, but they're idols because we think of idols as little stone or wood statues. Well, that can be an idol, but anytime you think that you're going to get your comfort, security, meaning, or self-worth out of something besides Jesus' love for you, or me, when we start thinking that our comfort, security, meaning in life, and self-worth comes from something besides Jesus, that thing is an idol. I mean, there are all kinds of stuff. 
I, I'm going to just do a quick list. I pared it down a little bit. Uh, some of us go after power and influence over other people. Some of us, uh, it's having love, respect, and approval from other people, or at least from a chosen group or, or a particular person. Some of us want to have control over our lives, and then we somehow think we have it. Uh, we, some of us want to have people that depend on us. Some of us want to have someone who protects us and keeps us safe. Some of us want to have independence from responsibilities of taking care of any people, of anybody. Some of us look at work as the thing that's going to make it, everything work out, out okay in our lives. Some of us look to achievement and recognition. Some of us go for wealth and having nice possessions. Some of us, uh, some of us focus on observing our religions, moral codes and activities and being really good at that. Some of us put family in that place. We get our worth and security and comfort from family. Whether it's addictions or idols, under all of these desires gone wild, it was really a godly longing for the goodness and restoration, the healing that Jesus has in store for us through his holy love. And we need to recognize and confess this yearning for his holy love to experience it and the Holy Spirit's healing power to come into our lives. God's holy love for us is inconceivable. It is impossible for us to explain. It is beyond our ability to express. It's like trying to explain purple to somebody who's never been able to see or music to somebody who can't hear who's never been able to hear to try to explain your favorite song to somebody who can't hear but God's holy love can be experienced and we can receive it and it can transform us and change us. In fact, that's the final goal of following Jesus, is that his love will motivate and shape everything we do. Or as the Apostle Paul put it in his second letter to, to the church at Corinth, Christ's love has the first and last word in everything we do. God has in mind nothing short of the full renovation of our character, of our hearts, from the inside out. This remaking of our characters is a gift from him. It's an expression of his love for us. It is not an exercise of our willpower, grit, and determination. I, I, I cannot emphasize this enough. I grew up in, uh, <clears throat> I grew up in the church, and the church they, they emphasized a lot about how you <clears throat> behaved. I love talking to Catholic folks, or former Catholic folks, or 
they talk about all the the guilt they grew up with. And I'm going, yeah, I understand. They go, were you, were you Catholic? I said, no, I grew up Wesleyan. And they go, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, maybe Wesleyans in Michigan didn't have this kind of thing, but where I grew up, there were all kinds of rules that you had to live by. If you didn't live by them, you were not holy. If you were not holy, you should be at the altar praying for forgiveness. We can easily, as human beings, whether we're Wesleyans or Lutherans or some other brand of Christian family tree, uh, we can easily fall into the trap of thinking that obeying <coughs> this, uh, the, these commands, the, 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 these instructions that God gives us, that obeying them to grow in love, these commands to grow in love, is our responsibility. That somehow by our own strength and our willpower and our grit and our determination, we're going to become more loving. When we become do that, following Jesus sinks into a swamp of regulation, of rules and rituals. But following Jesus rises above conforming to a list of laws to being transformed when we welcome his love into our the center of who we are and he begins to heal our wounds and begins to heal and restore the, who we are as his dearly loved sons and daughters. Now, with that in mind, that he wants to change us from the inside out, by starting to heal us and helping us to know him better and to experience his love from the inside out. With that in mind, listen to the instructions that are found in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 and 30. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with, the, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Left to our own devices, to our own willpower, grit, and determination, our speech is rotten and poisonous to some degree. Some are better than others. But left to ourselves, we're going to slide into a swamp of rotten, poisonous speech. But with the Holy Spirit, we listen to what Paul's saying with the Holy Spirit. Our speech can become life-giving to people. We can meet their needs. We can help them. So how do we work with the Holy Spirit to control our tongues and to turn our tongues and our words into blessings? How do we do that? Three things. First thing. Answer Jesus' question. 
Do you want to get well? So you thought I would forgot all about that story. I didn't. Do you want to get well? I shared this uh, this little sentence a couple of weeks ago. God cannot heal what we conceal. Latasha Morrison shared that at uh, 41 hours a few years ago. 41 hours is uh, a conference that our region puts on for ministry leaders and spouses. And uh, I keep I take notes when I go. Whenever I take notes whenever I go hear other people speak. Uh, that's, it's good stuff. God cannot heal what we conceal. He waits for us to go, yes, I want to get well. We've got to answer that question. We're only as healthy as our secrets is another way to say that. We must receive healing before we can make any progress. We must be open and willing for Jesus to heal us with his love. The first step is always confessing that we need Jesus' help and healing. Always. As long as we think we can do this on our own, we're not going to make it. Sorry, I had to find a church-appropriate word. Yes, I'm still working on this particular subject. So here's a sermon in a sentence, by the way. Sermon in a sentence. This is uh, healing pays the way for learning. Healing pays the way for learning. So the first thing, if, you, if you're saying, how can I work with the Holy Spirit to learn how to control what I say, to control my tongue and what comes out of my mouth, the first thing we have to answer is Jesus' question, do you want to get well? Because until we experience and receive God's holy love and its healing power, all our efforts to change the way we speak and to change anything in our lives are going to fail. Healing paves the way for learning how to be more like Jesus. So you first have to answer the question, do you want to be well? Do you want to get well? Second thing is you have to begin to identify your rotten speech patterns. Now some patterns are easy to notice while others are more difficult to recognize. Uh, abusive, violent, vulgar, degrading talk hurts people, most of us can spot that uh, in ourselves or at least in other people. If you hear something come out of your mouth that you would definitely think was bad coming out of somebody else's mouth, then you should be able to recognize that shouldn't have come out of your mouth. Uh, sometimes, however, we just may not realize how profoundly and deeply our words destroy people. You know that little thing we used to say as kids? This is the dumbest thing we could have ever said. <clears throat> Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. 
more editing than that. Can I just say that there's a whole lot of that stuff in a cow pasture? Right behind the bull? You figure it out. Some of the things that hurt us the most are not sticks and stones, they're the words. And words don't travel by themselves, but there's words and communication is so complex. There's body language. There's this thing I've been learning about my body <laughs> language. Sometimes when I just want to ask somebody a question, this is the way I go to get their attention. How many of you find this uncomfortable? Yeah, yeah. go point at somebody else, right? All of a sudden, I, I never thought of it as like I'm... But the body language is like, hey, you're in trouble. And it's, that's not what I meant. I just meant, hey, I don't want to talk to you. So I'm trying to learn to use the, hey, I want to talk to you. It's like I have to totally learn how to use all five hand fingers out like this. Hi. I really want to, you know, thanks, Tom. It's, yeah. It didn't happen. It, did, it wasn't until, see, Larry, go do, I'm doing that again. Sorry. Uh, it wasn't until somebody I was trying to get attention to, she was, she was gutsy enough to go, yeah, what do you want? I went, oh. Ooh, that wasn't what I, yeah, I better, I got to work on that. I was very kind of her. She was smiling when she did it. It was very nice of her. Body language messes everything up. All I wanted was to say, hey, I got a question, but I was like, I was going, I'm about to give you a chewing. Now, I'm going to let you have it. That's not what I was. Hey, I just got a question. Words come packaged with body language. There's emotional signals. The tone of our voice can say things that, and, and assume thoughts. This is why you and I both know this is true. Letters, emails, text messages are so hard to understand. You know, what did they mean when they said that? When they wrote that or they typed that out, what did they actually mean? <laughs> Were they trying to be funny? Or were they serious? All these things are really complex and varied and, you know, some things can be said with a smile and, and you just, you know, it's okay. And th some things can be said, the same th words can be said without a smile, and you know it's time to run. These words, stop letting rotten talk come out of your mouth, is another way that verse could be translated. Surely starts with us beginning to face and, and, and reject the obvious forms of abusive talk. You know, no destroys people. And it also begins with 
facing squarely all of our excuses. Well, I just flew off the handle. Everybody in my family talks like that. I'm Irish, what'd you expect? By the way, I do have Irish blood. They knew I didn't mean it. It means coming to terms with the hurts and the wounds. Asking for healing and learning then new ways of relating to people and choosing ways to communicate God's grace like learning to instead of And it seems like such a small thing to go from a pointer to a wave. But you'd be surprised how many times I have to catch myself. I mean, I got 60 plus years of experience doing this. Now, there's some less obvious uh, ways that we have rotten, poisonous speech. Some of them are necessary in, in, in certain situations, and that's what really makes it even more complicated. And, and what even complicates the issue of more is our culture, our society thinks they're normal, and, and, but they still are hurtful, like commands. They aren't. There's a time for those. Like your kids running out in the street, it's time to say, stop! Now! There are other times, like, you're not going to wear that <coughs> to your spouse. Well, okay, so my wife has to say that once in a while. But she usually says it nicer. Like, are you really going to wear that? Are you sure you want to wear that? She doesn't command me. She just asks me to think things through. Okay. If you're watching, dear, I'm sorry. Um, downplaying. Uh, you know, I know you said that hurt you, but I, I know it couldn't hurt that bad. Couldn't be that big a deal. Mind reading. I know. I saw what you did and I know why you did it. I know what you're thinking. <coughs> Interrogation. Asking questions. With an adversarial tone. Think bad cop or district attorney. I suppose somebody who's just genuinely interested and curious about your life. I mean, it's all right to ask questions about people. But then there's a, let's put you on the hot seat. 
So where are you going? How long are you going to be there? Who's going to be there? Can I trust you? I'm not sure. Can you prove it? When you get back, I want to see the receipts, okay? No, actually it's not. Oh, I'm sorry. Know it all advice giving. Sentences frequently start with things like you should or you ought to. Then there's those confusing mixed messages. Okay, this, this particular section is for me. The rest of you get to listen in. Because this is an example. Sarcasm. Now, one of my favorite forms of communication is irony. Irony is a type of communication or humor in which you say the opposite of what you really mean. Like, it's 20 below outside, and you say, man, it's hot today. Okay? That's irony. Sarcasm is a subsection of irony that is soaked with anger and bitterness. I've learned it's important to know the difference. I've also figured out that most of us can't tell the difference because most of us in America today think sarcasm and irony are the same thing. I've made, this, made that mistake for a long time. I thought sarcasm was the same thing as irony. It's not. I'm going to pick on, no, I'm not, because the Spirit told me not to. Okay. I'm not going to pick on anybody. You've got to learn to control your tongue. You've got to also learn to let the Spirit say, shut up. So, Let's just let Jesus talk. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, he said, the mouth speaks from what fills the heart. <clears throat> the mouth speaks from what fills the heart. What's that mean? Uh, well, it's, I think it's pretty clear, but just in case, but it means the words coming from our mouths reveal the contents of our hearts. On one hand, our words will uncover our festering wounds. On the other hand, our words will reveal the holy love of Jesus has healed our wounds. And all of us have two hands, and all of us are a mixed bag. Some of us still have some festering wounds and all of us, I hope, are have some wounds that have been healed 
But there's going to be times when that rotten, unhealthy speech reveals that there are still some rotten, unhealthy wounds in our hearts and our souls. God's holy love can heal our wounds and transform our words, which brings us back to Jesus' question. Do you want to get well? See, the answer seems so obvious when Jesus walks up to a paralyzed man waiting by a pool 2,000 years ago. Doesn't it? Well, of course he wants to get well. What sick and paralyzed person doesn't want to get well? He's been paralyzed for 38 years, Jesus. What kind of a question is that? Now, none of you would speak to Jesus like that. I still have issues. But what about us? What about you and me? We carry deep wounds inflicted years, maybe even decades ago. How will we answer Jesus' question? Do you want to get well? <clears throat> Healing paves the way learning. Jesus' Holy Spirit can teach us to become messengers of healing and blessing. Well, let's pray praying that we're open to receiving his holy love and healing. So we have to answer Jesus' question, do you want to get well? We need to begin to identify the rotten, poisonous speech that's coming out of us. And three, then we need to learn to speak blessing, grace, and healing to others. Followers of Jesus healed by his holy love will say only, that's, this, is, this is where we're headed, this is, we're, this is what we're traveling toward, this is the road we're on as we're learning to live in holy love. We're going to learn to speak only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, according to their needs, not mine, not yours, their needs, and that it may benefit those who listen. Learning what it means to live in holy love involves learning to speak not only in ways that don't harm, which is a great first start, but also in ways that build others up. But remember, I don't think I can say this enough. Healing paves the way for learning this. Our unhealed wounds will continue to yield wounds that, words that wound. The key to our ongoing healing and growth is it to experience God's <clears throat> holy love over and over and over and over again. It's not enough to say once, a long time ago, or once, last week. I really, 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 really understood that Jesus loved me. Cool. I need to know it now. 
every day brings its own new challenges and new reminders, which brings us right back to Jesus' question. Do you want to get well today? As we experience the healing power of Jesus' love, we need to listen to our words, separate the good and the bad, and we need to listen to those around us to discover their needs and how we can bless them. Then we can speak love, life, healing, and blessing to them. We can speak forgiveness. We can speak forgiveness into existence for some. We, we might even be the ones who have the, the privilege of expressing to them the forgiveness of God himself in a way that they have never experienced. We would be the one to put a face and a voice on the forgiveness and the acceptance and the love that they've only dreamed of. Followers of Jesus can speak freedom to think and to be what God created people to be. We can speak that into existence for folks. Our words can give people freedoms that they've never experienced in a past dominated by shame and guilt and <clears throat> emptied by of freedom. We can speak into being the liberty to act your own age and to be yourself. Instead of trying to fulfill somebody's expectations and, and to do what other people think you ought to do, to live the way God created them to live. Guilt, shame, fear, anger, these things make up the pus of our festering, unhealed wounds. And they're the things that motivate a lot of our words. But Jesus invites us to let his love have the first and last words in what we say. And then he says, do you want to get well? When we say yes, the Holy Spirit starts healing those wounds. He starts cleaning out that, that infection. He starts cleaning out that ugly pus. And the Lord gives us ears to hear what we say, and ears to hear what other people need. God gives us the love and the power to speak blessing into their lives and blessing into existence. But Jesus, Jesus waits for us to answer the question, do you want to get well? Healing paves the way for learning. 
Our unhealed wounds will continue to yield words that wound. Which brings us back to that question. Jesus still asks it. Do you want to get well? Each of us needs to recognize the depth of our need for that. Our depth to be liberated by his healing love. I can't answer for anybody else. You can't answer for anybody else. We may want to, we may long to. We can only answer for ourselves. Do you want to get well? King David ancient psalm writer that he was, Jewish psalm writer, the ancient uh, ancestor of Jesus even, wrote, uh, and he had a prayer that's an excellent answer to that question. Examine me, O God, and probe my thoughts. Test me and know my concerns. Point out anything that's offensive in me and lead me along the path of everlasting life. more contemporary psalm writer his prayer says change my heart O God change my heart O God make it ever true change my heart O God may I be like you you are the potter I am the clay mold me and make me this is what I pray change my heart O God May I be like you. Let's sing that prayer together.
so far. So come Holy Spirit, work your love deeper into the wounds of our hearts. Change us, heal us, make us more like Jesus. And use us to touch the lives of others, to bring them healing, through your love as well. Amen. We are sent to take the love that we have experienced to those who need it. Let's go with Jesus. Thank <laughs> you. 